and I want to leave the show with this story. So I'm coming to you live from Mitchell, South Dakota, standing in front of Ryan Johnson's show barn just south of Mitchell, three, four miles. I wanted to tell the story of the 2020 fall sale at Nelson, England fall bid-off on Labor Day. And you're involved in this story because you had a little red steer, a little red rocky shorn I-80 or something. What was the pedigree on that deal? He's, a, he's an I-80 shorthorn. Yep. He's a, he's a, so anyways, uh, there was three, there was more than this, but there was three exceptionally extraordinary steers in that sale. So we're going to make mention of yours first, uh, Red Rocky, I.D. Shorn, or somewhere, that, that, that's basically the pedigree, I might have switched that up, but uh, yep. then there was uh, Get You Some out of an Irish Whiskey Granddaughter, uh, and then there was the No Guts, No Glory, Monop that uh, Todd Caldwell buys. So, the grand, the Reserve Grand Champion Steer at Fort Worth Stock Show sells for sixteen five. that's your steer, a Red Rocky right. uh, sells to Steve Bottom. The Grand Champion Steer at the American Royal, that gets you some. Oh, Irishman. I believe it's Irishman, which is a uh, Irish whiskey son. That steer brings eighty-seven fifty to a Texas family, and that steer goes on. Even though he's a little more cost-effective, he wins the American Royal. How about that? That's amazing, right? Yeah. That's correct. Anyhow, uh, I mean, it feels good to receive that recognition of that uh, reserve grand champion steer at Fort Worth, right? Right, Todd? Oh, oh, absolutely. That's a big boost for our program. It's good that Nelson and that uh, family that owned the cow that raised the steer that wins American Royal gets that recognition. It's good that you, as the breeder of the reserve grand champion steer at Fort Worth, get that recognition. But this brings me to why I'm parked in RJ's driveway. Okay. My steer, high seller in that sale where the Reserve Grand at Fort Worth comes out of, Grand at the American Royal comes out of, sells the Todd Caldwell and Brandon Jones at $23,500. And there was good business done. They paid for the calf right away. Nobody's complaining about getting paid. But the high seller in that calf that was valued at $8,000 more than the Red Rocky and 17, let's see here, 12 and 3, $15,000 more than the Grand at Kansas City, that steer sells to Caldwell and then RJ buys him and he won't tell me where the steer sold to. What the heck's wrong with this business there, Todd? Well, that's the whole thing. I see, you know, I, I don't care how much money a trader makes on one that they, they pull out of here. It ain't about money. He could have made a million dollars. I could care less. My wife just wants to know where that calf sold to. Well, absolutely. And I think the breeder always should have some some credit for what their program's producing for people. It shouldn't be a big secret, you know. That's pretty important to all of us to keep surviving in this business. You know, it's getting harder and harder. And if everybody wants to a secret, you know. I would say, I mean, it's better than it used to be in the 1980s and 90s before the Internet. It was tough to track these things. And normally if a calf has a unique marking, a white spot on it or colored up calf, 
You can keep an eye on him regardless if uh, RJ wouldn't want to tell me where the, my calf went. That was a high seller in that sale that the reserve at Fort Worth and the Grand Kansas City come out of. But in this instance, he simply won't tell me. And uh, it's a little bit frustrating. I mean, we've, we've raised other ones from that calf crop that did well. But uh, that calf, she's she's uh, in our embryo program. We've got some prime times and some stuff coming out of her. And it would just be nice to be able to market those calves as full brothers, or excuse me, maternal brothers to the Grand Steer at Clark County Cattle Battle, or the Grand Steer at the Jackrabbit Classic, or the Grand Steer at a Colorado show. And, I mean, we've narrowed it down to the three calves that RJ sold. He won't tell us which one it is. But the next podcast that I post here in about 20 minutes will be me knocking on RJ's door and hopefully getting an answer from him on who he sold my steer to. I think if I put that little public shine on him, I think he's going to come clean because RJ's a little teddy bear underneath that crop exterior. And I'm excited to uh, go up, walk up the hill and, and knock on old RJ's door and say, hey, where's my calf, buddy? Which one was it? RJ needs to come clean and tell me where my wife's steer sold to. And uh, if I ever get one off of him someday, whenever we come back and be lovers, I'll darn sure uh, make sure that I tell him where his steers go. Well, I think RJ will be just fine. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's he's been pretty, he's had a big impact on on this industry. And, you know, he's been successful. And his success is based on people like you and me. And, and I haven't had any dealings with, with RJ directly at all. And uh, But, you know, I would like to think that the integrity is there. If you think about it from this perspective, what would be holding him back? He don't want his name. Uh, I mean, he doesn't want me to continually be asking him, where's my calf, RJ, on my podcast that uh, 100,000 people are downloading every month. I mean, it must have won a show, a pretty big show, with one of his better customers. He probably called it a here I am, and he doesn't want me to come in and say it's a no guts, no glory. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, I get it. I get it. And I'm, you know, that's been going on for years. It- it's part of the business. I'm not really worried about it, honestly. I mean, I can't control what other people are doing. I can simply control that I know that RJ got my wife's steer. And, you know, like any wife, she nags at me a little bit. She wants me to get that at RJ where her steer went. So that's what I'm going to do today. You ready for the uh, knock on the door there, Todd? Why, well, absolutely. I, and I can honestly tell you, I'm I, I not that take flavor today thing. And, and, I, I breed a little different than most people. I use bulls that work on my cows, and, and I give the, the, the bull You breed what bull. works and not what is trendy. That is smart. That is smart business. I mean, that's what keeps this industry going. We've got to have some change. Otherwise, uh, you know, we keep breeding the same way and over and over again. And, and it's like, come on, guys. we gotta, we got to – everybody understands that there's not a bull out there that works on every cow, you know. And yeah. – uh, in fact, you know, with that in mind, I mean, we got to move on with our genetic pool, and and if we don't, we're we're at a complete standstill here. And there's an awful yeah. lot of bad ends up being produced, and then you know we yeah. put them back into our herds, and and it doesn't do anybody any good. So, uh, Dot, I'm uh, I, I'm just getting I, I'm just getting a call coming in from my wife. I better take it. It's been a good episode. Hey, I appreciate it. Have a great day, and good luck there with RJ. So. Thank you. Yep, we'll see ya. Two thousand and six.
Uh, The steer was a black pearl, came from Todd Caldwell. He was a bit cantankerous, uh, actually pretty fearful. He was kind of on the exceptionally wild side. I think he came out of somewhere in North Dakota. I'm not sure what ranch he came from. Uh, We saw that calf over at Todd's, and he was climbing the walls and, and, Black Pearl. Uh, now that was a uh, that was an old friction son, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Either, yep. either a friction. Or, uh, yeah, I think he was a friction son, wasn't he? Um, anyway, I'll just an old he, story uh, about friction. An old story about friction, real quick. I know that that bull had a good run. It's kind of brief, two or three year stretch, but he was a was a was a a low volume semen producer. So there was always yeah. a higher demand for the semen than what there was available in terms of supply. And there was always, whenever you'd go out, I mean, I had a, an instance or two. I think there was a high-dollar friction stunt at Chad Thompson's one year. Uh, there was always that question when you bid on a friction stunt, would they be fertile enough to be a bull or not? But uh, sorry for the interruption. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no problem. Uh, no, that calf, uh, when we seen him, I thought we had to have him. He was kind of different in his time, I thought, and uh, Todd, I think, at the time was even considering sending him back or sending him to the sale barn. He was so crazy, but we uh, we ended up buying him, went to pick him up. We had to bring a buddy calf home from Todd's because he was, like, trying to tear up the trailer, and uh, got him. So, whenever a guy buys one like that, Todd, I mean, just put me in, in your shoes. Does a guy get a discount whenever they're a little ordinary like that, or did you have to pay full retail? No, actually, we did get we got a pretty good deal on that calf because no one thought he'd ever get broke. And yep. uh, you know, Todd just don't bring him back. And I, you know, uh, that, those are the kind of cattle that we showed most of our our careers as ones that people just didn't quite think had enough gas in them or had a little bit of a uh, temperament issue, and and sure. the boys were patient. My family was patient. We worked with him. And actually, the two boys had that calf tamed down pretty quickly, like within four or five days, was uh, leading him out in the yard, sent me a picture when I was at work at the mill, and, and I told him to get that damn thing back in the, back in the uh, pens because I don't think he'd ever seen a fence before anyway. But uh, when we brought him <laughs> home, he, uh, he went out of the trailer, went over two gates out into the cornfield, Ended up in with my cows. Um, it was quite quite the rodeo. And then uh, uh, Nate, my younger one, he uh, would always tell me just to stay away. And, and they would go out there and they'd sit in a 16-by-16-pen 16 16 on a bucket in the middle of the of the pen and just let that calf run and go crazy. And, and they would just sit there with their heads down and their hands out. Pretty soon the calf would get inquisitive and, and they'd get their hands on them and Next thing you know, they had him leading it out in the yard one afternoon, and it just scared me to death. But um, as he came down and come along, he kept dropping the bads off. So it became bad Leroy Brown from bad, bad Leroy Brown to the point that he just came, became Leroy. And um, we took him back over to Todd's. Um, everybody kind of cleared the way because they thought he was going to come off the trailer nuts. And Nate or Clint wasn't very big, of course, and – and he went in the trailer and let him off. They washed him good, and they clipped him out and stuff over there, and they just couldn't get over it. Um, Calf never did much through his show career. I mean, we had a shorthorn that year that 
Nate, my other son, showed that did quite a bit of winning. Um, his name was Woody, and uh, but anyway, uh, he was over uh, that Black Pearl was or Leroy was overshadowed by that Shorthorn throughout the throughout the season, and then we put them away and got them together and went to the state fair. We had Grand that year, and I I can't remember. If, the Shorthorn was like fourth overall, maybe we had two in the top five, and uh, but that that black steer, that black pearl, never. I think he won his division once on the on the show on the show circuit, and uh, went down there. He was the shaggiest, the hairiest beast you'd ever seen. Um, just so, just uh, as a point of record, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys knew how to grow that big hair, did you? Did you believe in melatonin implants or any of those uh, pre-show hair growers, or what was your? Uh, and how many yeah, days we, out did you like to start in front of the show? We use melatonin. In terms of how many days in front of the show did you start putting them in the cooler? Uh, we put them in the cooler right at the end of April, and um, mm-hmm. they got their first rounds of uh, of um, melatonin on on. Uh, May 1st, then we did it June 1st, and then again on July 1st. We do it three times. So you did, uh, you did the ear, ear implants, correct? Correct, correct. I don't know on that calf there. I believe he either grew hair just because he wanted to, though. I mean, yeah. he never seen so much. I know when Brandon and Todd came and and uh, clipped him there before the state fair, they just were overwhelmed, and probably the first time – in our career working with Caldwell, that they actually made three trips in in a two-day period to, to clip on that calf. So, but uh, yeah, he was he was one to remember. In fact, my wife's um, email address is BB Leroy Brown 06. So that, that's how much that calf made an impact, you know. And. Uh, on us anyway as a family and uh, we learned a lot from that one and went on to have several others that were iffy as whether or not they'd be broken and, and uh the boys always got them tamed down and got them ready to show and, and had a pretty successful career throughout the throughout their career so but yeah that was pretty pretty intense that one there especially because that that was maybe the meanest animal I'd ever. About what other life. steers were there at the fair that year, and what other what what else gave you some heat for the for the title at Indiana? I uh, you know I can't tell you right off. I think Simmerman's had a calf down there that year. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, of course, you know uh, Gentry's had a couple calves that were pretty good. Um, there were several. I mean, it's always just, you know, just you hearing those just hearing those old names. Zimmerman and Gentry, that brings back bring back a lot of memories for me. Brad Zimmerman to this day, Brad Zimmerman to this day is listening to the podcast out in Colorado. He's working now, and uh, I mean, he he looked me up out of the blue, and that's that's awesome. Uh, that's what this podcast can do in terms of connecting with old friends and stuff. So, well, yeah, as I said, the networking in this business is incredible. You know, we were all adversaries in the show ring, but. The uh, friendships are forever. Uh, I know that, you know, we went on, Brad and I and and my boys worked together. We sold some calves together here, you know, later on there just before he he gave up the the business, I guess. And and, 
those friendships never never end you know uh like i oh, said yeah. you're 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 beating up each other at, at the shows but we're always that that friendship is something that's just second to none i mean it's it's carried over in clint's business as a veterinary a lot of those people that you know we can contend against uh are some of his best best clients you know so yeah. um it just goes on and on and on. And Nate's the oh, yeah. same way, but with his business career, he works with Ridley Alltech as a feed ingredient salesman, and and um, a lot of the contacts he has throughout the industry of, of that is related back to people he networked with and learned or you know met through the uh, the livestock shows. So yeah, no, it, it's. So I gotta give you a little update here, Todd. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't looked ultra recently. But I know that we have put out about 115 shows, and your first show, Todd Sharman has a story to tell, or something it was named. I don't remember exactly what episode number it was, but uh, that episode is in the top ten. I mean, it's not in the top five, but it is either. It's in that six through ten range. So, uh, obviously, as we uh, run our steakhouse, if people are loving the prime rib, we got to get more prime ribs. So, that's why we invited you back on the show. And uh, you did really well telling another good story.